0: If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 2, continuing to walk through this letter. Uh, Of course, we're early on into this letter, and uh, we have spent several weeks already looking at at the introduction and what all Paul is trying to tell us with this idea of recalibrating, really getting our, our, our central focus back on what really matters what we should be as a church, what we should be keeping our eyes on, what our focus should be towards. And one of the elements of the church that's most underutilized is the Holy Spirit. In fact, for many, we just don't even think about the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day life. But in John 14, Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit, or as he says, the Helper, will be with the disciples forever. And he promises that this Holy Spirit will come, but in order for the Holy Spirit to come, Jesus must go away. He must return to the Father in order for the Holy Spirit to come. And, and then we see in the book of Acts, Jesus is given his last instructions and he ascends into heaven back to be with the Father. And, and some time after that passes and the, the apostles are together and, and they have kind of got themselves back under uh, uh control and are ready to do. They're just waiting on the Lord to move. And in Acts chapter two specifically, we see the Holy Spirit come down to the apostles, and they begin to speak in tongues. And I want to make clear what that actually is for us as we think about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave the apostles the, the, the power of tongues, and this was, this was giving them words to be spoken. But with the listeners that are around, they were able to hear the words in their own language. Men were around these apostles, and, and they were thinking, wait a second, these, these men are Galileans. How can we understand them? They said, we're we're Parthians, we're we're Medes and Elamites. How can we understand this group of men? How is that even possible? In seeing that conversation, in seeing that process all take place, what we know about the purpose of tongues, the purpose of the Spirit, giving them the power of tongues, (laughs) is not about speaking gibberish under the disguise of public worship. That's not what tongues is at all. The purpose of tongues... Is for others to understand the works of God. Acts chapter 2 verse 11, the very end of it says this. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Those people that were around the apostles when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Those group of people, those lost people could hear the disciples, the apostles Speaking the mighty works of God. They understood the message of the cross. Now, First Corinthians, the introduction here in chapter 1 and chapter 2 is all about the message of the cross. And the message that the apostles were proclaiming when they received the gift of the Holy Spirit is the same message that Paul is now proclaiming to the church at Corinth. And the reason I get on this soapbox about tongues and the Spirit and how all that works is to show you, one, biblically what tongues are and what they're not, but also to show you the power of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit that allowed the apostles to proclaim the message of a cross to a group of people who did not understand. And it's that same Holy Spirit that's going to allow the saved in the time of Corinth to proclaim the gospel, the message of the cross, to a perishing group of people who call this message folly, who call it foolish. And it's the same for you and I today. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, we read a few weeks ago. Going to remind us of this text. It says, "For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God." Listen, understand. Today, it's still hard to communicate the gospel, even even among people who speak the same language. If we walk up to somebody and tell them about the cross and tell them about the gospel, they'll look at us like we're speaking a foreign language to them. So how do we break that barrier? How do we break a barrier between the saved who is us and the perishing of those who are lost? It is the Holy Spirit which is why Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit. He has been talking and he has been proclaiming and he has been preaching Christ crucified and he has been reminding the church at Corinth about the message of the cross. And now he's going to show us and he is showing them, hey, that message of the cross has power and that power comes from one place, the Holy Spirit. And so join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 6 and we're going to read to verse 16. Verse 6, Paul writes, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, we are doomed to pass away. Who are doomed to pass away? But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, and we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept these things, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we give you praise and glory once again for this day. We thank you for the worship that we have been given. And so God, now I pray that our hearts are in tune with your spirit. And that God, as we look to your spirit, as we look to understand your spirit, I pray God today that you would reveal through your spirit what we need to know from your word. God, we thank you for the leadership of Paul. We thank you for salvation. We thank you, God, for saving us, even though we don't deserve it. God, remind us of these truths today. May it convict us and encourage us and give us the boldness we need to go proclaim the good news, the message of the cross. Lord, speak to us now. And it's in your son's holy and righteous name that I pray. Amen. So there are three things today that I want us to see about the Holy Spirit. I want us to have a greater understanding about who the Holy Spirit is, and what the Lord wants us to see about this Holy Spirit. And the first thing is this, is that the Holy Spirit sets the believer apart. The Holy Spirit sets the believer apart. Go back with me to start at verse 6. what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him, these things God has revealed to us through the spirits. The Holy Spirit reveals what cannot be seen or understood by just anyone. But what the Holy Spirit reveals can only be understood by what Paul would say is the mature. Now, who is the mature? Who are the mature that Paul is speaking about? Now, some would look at that and quickly say, well, it's those who who have been a Christian a long time and have grown and been discipled and are very much wiser in their Christian years. But I think it's a little different from that. A better understanding of what Paul means by mature would be to go back to the dividing line in chapter 1, verse 18. What, we, what did we see in chapter 1, verse 18 earlier? That there's this dividing line between the saved and the perishing. The saved are those who understand the message of the cross, right? They've been saved by it, they understand it, while the perishing do not. And here, Paul is making that same distinction again. He is carrying that distinction throughout this letter. And so the the mature that Paul is speaking about is simply those who understand and cherish the message of the cross. Simply put, Paul is speaking about all believers, all true believers. Maturity is understanding the message, and this understanding comes from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit reveals to us what God has done through the work of Christ. And and as verse 7 says, the message of the cross, the work of Christ was decreed before the ages. Look at verse 7 with me again. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now, we understand that God does everything for the glory of himself. Everything that God does is to bring him glory, and that is what we are designed to do, to bring him glory. But God, in his glory and his grace, because of what Christ did for us, and God decreed that before the ages, before time began, before let there be light was ever spoken, God had already set this into motion so that we could have glory. But this is not a glory to swell up with pride in. No, this is a glory that is given to you because you are saved. It's a glory that we will fully experience when we're in the presence of our Heavenly Father in eternity. But all of this being set in motion because the Holy Spirit has called you to salvation. And when you receive that Holy Spirit, it lives within you and you are now set apart from the world. And now the Holy Spirit allows us to impart wisdom to one another as a church. It allows us as a church to communicate and understand God's will, His character, and His Word. It reveals the things that God has prepared for us individually and as a church. We are set apart because the Holy Spirit has given us this understanding and the world cannot have it. This wisdom is not something that the world can gain on their own. It's nothing but folly, foolishness to them. It doesn't make sense. It's impossible to understand. Why? Because the lost do not have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to truly see what Christ did for us. Because of the Holy Spirit, we can truly understand that Jesus Christ gave up His life by coming to this earth... To be the perfect sacrifice for your sin and my sin. We're all sinners bound for hell. But Christ was willing to give up His life for you and me. He has given us new life. We have been saved because of Christ. And the Holy Spirit has called out to us to understand it. And for those who answer that call. Those who receive that understanding. They are saved. It's shown in the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe today you're in here and you say, well, I haven't really believed in that yet. I haven't submitted to the authority of Christ, but, but, I, but I, I feel like something's trying to get a hold of me. I feel like I feel this in my, in my chest. Something is, is really pressing into my heart. Well, it's the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you before we move forward. If the Holy Spirit is calling out to you, if the Holy Spirit is pressing on your heart, it's time to answer the call not time to keep blocking it's not time to stop and, 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 and ignore the phone call it's time to actually answer it and believe in what the holy spirit is calling you to do the holy spirit sets us apart as believers It also holy spirit helps us to understand god look at verse 10 we read the first part of verse 10 we'll keep reading now in verse 10 it says for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thought except for the spirit of that person, which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Who can know the thoughts of someone except that person? You can't know my thoughts if I don't tell you. I can't understand your thoughts unless you tell me. So how can we understand the thoughts of God? How can we understand who God is and what His will is for our lives? Well, God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit understands God because He is God. We believe as a church that God is triune. He is what we call the Trinity. One God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is God, He understands the thoughts of God. And that's an advantage to you and me. We have an advantage And again, this is a continuation of what we've already talked about, but it's important to understand that this this helps in that distinction between the saved and the perishing. The saved can understand God because they have a connection to God where the perishing do not. And because the Holy Spirit lives within every believer, we have understanding beyond the world. And as Paul wrote in verse 12, it helps us to understand the things that are freely given to us. And of course, salvation is a free gift. Paul has told that to the Romans. Salvation is a free gift to all who believe. But what else has God freely given us? Well, one of those things is His Word. God has allowed His Word to be preserved for many generations and today we have the Word of God. And we can read it, we can understand it, and we can teach it. Understand there is a a supernatural, supernatural process that takes place when a believer reads the Word of God. I understand many wise people around our world will take this Bible and they will try to read it and they will try to understand it and they will try to break it down scholarly and academically and try to make sense to where it works for their agenda, for their thoughts and their ways. And yet, they can't truly understand the Word. Why? Because they don't have the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that supernaturally naturally illuminates the Word into our hearts. These words transmitted supernaturally through the Holy Spirit requires a supernatural presence in order to do so. And that is the Holy Spirit. We rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us through his word, to teach his word, to proclaim his word to a lost and dying world. Now let me make something clear. Yes, the Holy Spirit gives us understanding. And yes, to be a Christian, you must understand the message of the cross. But maybe you're sitting here and you hear that and you say, well, pastor, there are things I don't understand. There's things that I don't know. There's things that I just, I just can't grasp. We're all on the same boat in case y'all didn't know that. Not everything in this word is for us to understand here and now. God will reveal what he desires through his spirit in time. But as Moses said in Deuteronomy 29, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, this is what Moses says. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. What is Moses saying? There are going to be things that are a secret to God. And they belong to the Lord and we trust them to the Lord. The things we cannot understand, we trust it to the Lord. But the things that we can understand that the Holy Spirit reveals to us it belongs to us, it belongs to our children, it belongs to our generation after generation. What does that mean? We pass it down. We teach. I only know what the Lord allows me to know. And Jesus said in the great commission, what did he say? Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Basically, what is he saying? Teach them what you know. Teach them what you know. Don't dwell on the things that you can't understand. But focus on what you can. And trust in the Holy Spirit to allow you to teach and to proclaim as you go out into this world understand there are things in this life that we won't understand but pray I pray we do when we get to God and glory but there is much to be learned about God and his word and and it leads us to this last point and that's this the holy spirit empowers discernment the holy spirit empowers discernment look at verse 15 through 16 i mean sorry 14 through 16 it says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, the mind of Christ in verse 16 is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the mind of Christ because God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are one. And this is a great advantage to us, but as we look at verse 15 and we see this advantage that's given to us, we have to be careful not to take verse 15 out of its context. So look at verse 15 with me one more time. It says, the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Now, throughout generations, it's been a a very problematic thing that that, that believers and spiritual people would take this scripture and they would take it out of its context to swell them with pride and convince others that because they're the most spiritual of the group, they are never wrong on matters. Pastors have used this verse to control their congregations. To belittle their congregation is that they're never wrong and their congregation always is. Understand, we have to keep this in its context. And what Paul has been talking about for several verses is is simple that spiritual people and believers are empowered by the Holy Spirit and they are to be judged, judges of all things. But as all things goes, we're only talking about all things spiritual. Just because you have the Holy Spirit does not mean you become uh, an expert on worldly things. It doesn't mean you become an expert at quantum physics or medical uh, uh, research. It doesn't mean you become an expert just because you are a spiritual being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to give you the ability to judge what is spiritual and what is not. You have a gift to discern what is holy and what is not. You are able to look and see what is God, what is of God, and what is not of God. And the perishing cannot do this. They cannot make determinations and judgment on the spiritual level because they are not spiritual. The gift of discernment allows you to listen to a sermon and determine whether that pastor is biblically sound or not. To look at look at uh, uh, quotes and, and, and spiritual uh, conversations on social media and be able to say, is that spiritually factual or is it unbiblical? Is it spiritually biblical or not? You as a believer with the Holy Spirit have the gift of discernment and we have got to use it, church. But then they use this part at the end of verse 15 It says, The spiritual person is himself to be judged by no one. Yes, not be judged by the world because the world knows no things of spirituality, but that does not mean you are excused from judgment. Jesus clearly already taught us that we are supposed to judge one another. We're supposed to look at each other. First, take the log out of our eye, but we still got to help them get the speck out of theirs. Right? That's what Jesus taught. Everybody wants to read the judge not part, but they don't read the rest of it. Yes, we're supposed to keep each other accountable. We're supposed to take care of one another. Why? Because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can help you on spiritual matters because you, uh, because I understand spiritual matters because of the Holy Spirit. You can help me on spiritual matters because you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. The world cannot. The perishing has no authority to stand on on things that are spiritual. That when they, talk about, when they talk about morality and they talk about what is, what is truly moral in this world, just ask someone who's perishing, at what foundation do you stand on? What do you hold to be true that this morality is real? Because otherwise you don't. As a believer, we have a moral foundation. It is the Word of God. And we can point to the Scriptures and we can say this is how mankind should love one another. This is how mankind should treat one another. This is how God designed the world to be. And we understand this not because we're smarter, not because we're a genius, not because of all of those things, but because we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Church, many in the church today All around, especially here in America, we have failed to use our gift of discernment. We like the things that sound good. We like the things that make us feel better, no matter how heretical the statement might be. And that's why many are still lost. That's why many don't understand the gift that they've been given. The gift of discernment keeps corruption out of the church. It eliminates divisions within it. It helps us to spot the false teachers and the false prophets of our generation. But if we're not in tune with the Spirit, if we're not using our gift of discernment, we too will fall to emotional highs and spiritual ticklings of the ear. only to be left on a pathway that leads straight to hell. Church, the Holy Spirit is in your heart, is in your life. You have been sealed, your punishment has been paid, you are saved. And now you must use that gift of discernment to proclaim to a lost and dying world. If we won't, the world will continue to evangelize its own message and many will perish. The Holy Spirit is a gift. It's a supernatural blessing to all who believe and the world doesn't understand. It led us to salvation and now it's helping us to pursue understanding and wisdom and holiness. We have to lean on that power, but the question is for all of us today, is the Holy Spirit working on you? Holy Spirit working on you right now. Do you feel in the depths of your soul this burning because the Holy Spirit is trying to get your attention today? Maybe you're in here and you have felt that for a long time. Maybe you felt the Holy Spirit calling you to salvation. Maybe you're in here right now and you feel God calling you to salvation through the Holy Spirit. And He's been calling you for a while now, but you haven't taken that step yet. Sunday after Sunday... You don't feel like you're ready or you don't feel that it's certain. You don't want to put yourself out there. You give yourself a million reasons why you shouldn't take a step out and accept the call of salvation. And yet every Sunday, God in His mercy gives the Holy Spirit to knock on your door once again. Answer the call. Quit standing still. Don't white knuckle as the saying goes. Don't grab the pew as hard as you can because you don't want to move. Move where the Holy Spirit is taking you. If the Holy Spirit is pressing on you now and you recognize that you are lost, will you come forward this morning and accept salvation? Maybe you're in here today and you're already a Christian. Your Holy Spirit's been in your life a long time. But you recognize today you've been ignoring its conviction and rebuke on your life. Because that same Holy Spirit that's burning inside of a lost person that's called to salvation, that same Holy Spirit is burning inside believers as they go, as they're being called to repentance. So that burning feeling inside of your chest, if that's if the Holy Spirit is working on you and is calling you to give up your life of sin, is calling you to give up that sin that you keep holding on to, would you come? Would you come to this altar and quit holding on to your sin and give it up to the Lord and repent? Maybe the Holy Spirit has put somebody on your mind today that you need to pray for. You've been feeling led, you felt led to pray for them for a while now. If that's you, you can come to this altar and pray for them. If that's what the uh, Holy Spirit wants you to do. Maybe they're already in this room. Maybe maybe that person that you need to pray for is in here and you just need to go over to them and put your hand on them and pray for them. That's you. You can do that today as well. If you're in this room and you just need prayer, your heart's heavy and you're burdened, you can come to this altar and pray. If you need to be prayed for, I would love to pray with you as well. But listen to me clearly, all of us. The Holy Spirit is moving. Holy Spirit is speaking and we need to move with it. Whatever it might be convicting us of, what it might be encouraging us to do, will we respond faithfully to the Holy Spirit today? Because if we will, God can do incredible things in the life of this church. Let's pray. Father God, we give you praise and glory for your spirit. God, we thank you that as a believer, God, you have given your Holy Spirit as a seal. God, it's a guarantee of our salvation. God, it reveals to us the word in a way that no one else can see God, we can understand you, not all of you. Obviously, there are things that are secret. There are things that we won't understand on this side of eternity, but that's okay. There's much that we can learn. And so, God, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts, that, God, that each person that's in here would feel the Holy Spirit. God, if there's anyone here who has not made that commitment to salvation, but you have been pressing on them, God, I pray that you would press even harder to where they can't help it but take that step out. God, if there's a believer in here that's struggling in sin, God, they just won't let go of that sin in their life. I pray today would be the day that they come and they repent. They would give it up. God, I pray for those that are on our hearts today that need your prayers. God, those loved ones that are suffering, that are still hurting, God, they're still trying to be healed. I just pray for each and every one of them. God, I pray now that we would be obedient to respond faithfully to your word, to your convictions that are on our hearts today. God, may all this be for your glory and be in your will. It's in your son's holy name that I pray. Amen. Amen.